once we get all in with God and, and decide to totally follow him, then God will do great things in our lives. We live in a, we live almost a pre-antichrist culture. Antichrist is coming. The atmosphere is changing. The world is changing, and it's not for the better. It's become more crazier every day, but I'm just so encouraged to know that Jesus said, when you begin to see these things come to pass, lift up your eyes, for my redemption draweth nigh. Our redemption draws nigh because he's coming back. Last week I talked about how to move forward, and I just want to talk a little bit more about how to move forward. Sometimes we can be stalled. Sometimes we can just be stopped at something that keeps us from moving forward in the Lord. There's folks in this room, no doubt God has called you, and somehow you're stalled in the midst of your calling. You heard his voice years ago, but now it's like he's so distant and far away. There's something that's standing in the way, something that is hindering, and God wants us to move forward. God wants us to live and anticipate the future. God wants us to allow the, the past to be a schoolmaster and to teach us, but then also he wants us to look forward to be used in the present. Amen. Praise the Lord. God has a plan. Last week, Moses, we talked about Moses, how that when God called him, he didn't think he was up to the task he didn't think he could do what God was telling him to do. Even, even if it was God telling him, he allowed himself to sort of get in the way and he allowed his, uh, what he could only feel and see his insufficiencies and his inadequacies to begin to control his decision with God. Don't let your present condition get in the way of God speaking to you and God using you. God knows where you're at. God knows what's going on. And he knows what he's about ready to use. And it's you. So Moses gave excuses to why he could not lead the nation of Israel out of bondage. We find in Exodus 4.2, God speaks to him through the burning bush. An angel speaks to him and God tells him, after he says all the excuses, he says, so the Lord said to him, what is in your hand? And he said, a rod. We, and we understand that a shepherd's rod was a record-keeping device. It was a memory stick of remembering what God had done for us. All of us who are following the Lord and serving Jesus Christ, serving God, we have a rod. And we have a rod of testimony, what God has done for us. I wish we could open this pulpit up and everybody tell and tell us what God has done for you, but some of you would say, I got to go home today sometime, and I got to make it home. It's a holiday weekend. Don't want to take up the whole weekend, the whole today and tomorrow being in church. All of you have your story. All of you have your testimonies. Come on now. How many here know what I'm talking about? Do you remember when? Do you remember when? Do you remember when this happened, when this was going on, when you were that, when this was in your life, when? Do you remember the when? Now, are you remembering the now? Look at where God has taken you from the when into the now and now into the future. Because vision is not launched by the past, it's launched by the present. That vision starts right now in the present and we look forward. 
And so he says, what's in your hand? He says, in, in essence, when God says, what's in your hand, Moses? Moses answered simply these questions. God was really asking, who are you and what can you do? God's looking at you today and saying, who are you and what can you do? He's posing that question. And all that Moses could say is, says, I'm, I'm a shepherd and I just lead sheep. But it was more than enough for God. God knew what was going on. God wanted Moses to see who he was right now and what God can do with him in the future. God wants you to recognize and be real. Come on, be, be true to yourself. Be real to yourself. I tell you what, every time I examine myself, I don't like what I see. I never like what I see. I, uh, you know, just the way I look, I may dress myself up and I may try and comb my hair and fix my hair and try and wear some cologne or whatever. I try and add to the subject as much as I possibly can. But in, at the end of the moment, when I look in the mirror, I'm just really not all that. I'm never totally pleased with myself in the physical, in the spiritual. I know I could be more for God than what I am. But I'm determined that God says, Ron, you don't have to stay in your present condition. I can move you forward. I can move you up. I will raise you up. You're going to be more than a shepherd to sheep. You're going to be a conqueror in my name. And so here is Moses he realizes how to move forward. You turn with me in 1 Samuel 17, verse 38 through 40. The scriptures draw the attention to me to somebody else. Very familiar. You should know whenever I say 1 Samuel 17, you know. You know what I'm talking Even the youngest of children can tell me what I'm going to preach on. But I, I pray to God that there's, there'll be some new revelation to you about this account with David and Goliath. As the key text I want to share this morning is found in verse 38, 1 Samuel 17. So Saul clothed David with his armor, and he put a bronze helmet on his head. He also clothed him with a coat of mail. David fastened his sword to his armor, which was Saul's sword, to his armor, and tried to walk, for he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I can't walk with these, for I have not tested them. So David took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag in a pouch which he had, and his sling was in his hand. And he drew near to the Philistine. Father, anoint your word. Let it burn in our hearts. May we receive a rhema word this morning. God, your word doesn't need any help, Father, but I sure do. God, anoint me and help me, Lord, to say those things that you've, you've crowded my mind with and my heart with. Help me be able to, to share them and, the, and that everyone in this room will receive the word that you're wanting to say to them personally. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. We find here in the account of Scripture that God's army was being challenged and being challenged by a nine-foot-tall giant named Goliath. He wore a bronze helmet, and his bronze coat of mail weighed 125 pounds. He also wore bronze leg armor. He carried a bronze javelin on his shoulder, 
The shaft of this spear was as heavy, was heavy and thick as a weaver's beam. And tip and the tip of the spear was an iron spearhead that weighed 15 pounds. And his armor bearer walked in front of him carrying his shield. In this account of scripture, the set is seen, and I think it's interesting that the set is seen in a valley. That the scene that and what's going on the set that we see in scripture is this account occurs in a valley. You've got both armies, the children of Israel, the army of Israel, Saul's army on one high ground, and the Philistines on the other side on the hill and the mountain, and in the middle, in the valley, was Goliath. And there was where the battle was fought in the valley. Can anybody here relate to me when I say the word valley? Can anyone relate to me to serve God in any amount of time or even live life on this planet that you can't relate to the fact that many times in this life we find ourselves in the middle of the valley? And why is it always it's in the valley when the enemy really tries to come at us more than ever before in the valley? That's what happened here. The valley setting and there's Goliath standing there. They're railing against God, railing against God's people and his army making a mockery of the strength that God has given to his army and there he's standing there challenging them. I don't know, maybe you're in a valley today and you're in the middle of a great challenge in your life. Maybe it's disappointment. Maybe you thought something was going to work a certain way but it's not working that way. And you're in a valley and you feel like this is tearing me up. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to do this. I had some dreams. I had some anticipations but it just ain't working that way. Well, maybe you're in the middle of that valley. Maybe you're in the middle of the valley. The fact that you just lost your job and that great job you had with great income doesn't exist anymore and you're having trouble finding another job. Maybe it's the family. Maybe the children and the teens are just really giving a, having a, 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 a lot of teen moments and they're being rebellious and they're, it's getting harder and harder in the house to try and allow there to be any communication going on between mom and the kids and dad and the kids because uh, there's teenagers in the house. And communication breakdown, maybe that's that. Maybe there's sickness in your home or sickness in your body or in your family and you're in this valley and it seems like the devil just keeps on bombarding your mind about what could be, what may happen, what what's going to happen and threatening you standing there as a nine foot tall giant making himself known railing against God and against your faith and challenging you in the middle of the valley but we know, we know we, we're so blessed that all of our children have been taught this story. How many here have ever been told, given the account of the scripture of David and Goliath? Raise your hand. Come on, all of the secular world know about David and Goliath. Uh, he's been in more movies. He's been in more videos. He's been in, in more. That battle's been in so many movies and so many accounts uh, over and over again in children's books and, and, and games and everything. There is David and Goliath because everybody likes to see the underdog win. Yeah, that's the way the world looks, underdog. But I will tell you, David was never an underdog. David was an instrument of God's glory. 
David was never an underdog. He might, in the natural sense, seem like he kind of lacked certain abilities and certain skills and maybe perhaps even lost his mind. But the world saw the testimony of David. Saul heard the testimony of David. Saul heard David tell about how God had brought him through the battle of the lion and the bear. He was living an anointed life with God. Let me tell you, Saul was miserable and David was happy. Saul was miserable and David had a song. Saul was miserable and losing everything, was drifting away from God, and Saul was afraid, but David was rejoicing in God. He shows up, up on the scene where everybody seems to be discouraged and afraid, and he said, what's going on here? We need more people like that to show up and say, what in the world is going on here? Kind of making a revelation to the moment. He shows up. But you see, Saul was miserable. David was rejoicing in the Lord. Saul couldn't hear from God, but David did hear from God. There's, a, there's something about the anointing of God. When you have the anointing of the Holy Spirit, some of us haven't heard from God for a long time because we've been playing Saul's game. We've been living our own life, doing our own thing, and we're going to handle things. Look at me, I'm big shot. I'm big, and I, I can take care of my own situations. Uh, you know, hey, I can do, I'm not searching anything about holiness. I'm searching to see what I can do in my life and still call myself a Christian. But David wouldn't like that. David sat in the pasture and watched the sheep, submissive to his father. An anointed young man, anointed to be king of Israel. And where did he go? He went back to take care of the sheep. He was anointed by Samuel. And there he didn't go to the palace right away. He went back to his father's house, back to the same old job that he had, taking care of the sheep. We live in a world and a church that all we want to do is build up our self-esteem. Make us feel good. Let's bring some good motivational speaking here. Everybody feel great. Let me tell you, there is great motivation in the truth and in the word of God. God will raise you up. God will bless you. He'll give you his favor. But I want you to know that if you're trying to do it outside of the Holy Spirit and outside of God's anointing, you're on your own. See, David was anointed and David went and sang songs to Saul because he had a disturbing spirit about him. Because he was far from God. He shows up on the scene. He shows up with cheese and flatbread. Does that sound familiar? Here come, here come the pizza guy. He was a pizza delivery guy. He shows up, his daddy loads him up with cheese and flatbread. You go to your brothers and deliver this, and here the pizza guy comes in. And he said, what in the world's going on here? I just heard what that guy said out there in the middle there. How dare he say what he says? You know, I think what was interesting, the Bible says that when Goliath made his accusation and challenged them, that they were all afraid. You know why? Well, I'll tell you why. Goliath walked out there with this, you know, mighty man of war, nine-foot-tall, big wig, big guy. And the Bible called him a conqueror or called him a, a uh, called him a, I'm trying to think of the right word, called him a champion. They labeled him a champion. And he got him, and when he made his accusation, you know what happened? Every, all the army of Israel started looking for the tall guy. And according to the Bible, when Saul was anointed, Saul was best look, best looking guy of the whole 
whole community of the whole people of Israel, but also Saul was a head and shoulders taller than anyone in, in Israel. So guess who was more scared than anybody? Because when Goliath come out making a challenge as a champion, everybody started looking and said, where's the tall guy? And there's, there's Saul standing there, and he's afraid. Yeah. <laughs> he's afraid. Why? Because he wasn't in sync with God. He wasn't all in with God. He was out of sync, out of fellowship, out of place he should be with God. I want you to know, God wants you to be in sync with him and be all in with him and be connected to him so that he'll give you the victory every time. There's no such thing as defeat. Defeat, the word defeat does not go alongside with the name of Yahweh. It just doesn't happen that way. Oh, yeah, it's like setting up Dagon. Of uh, setting up uh, the Ark of the Covenant there in Dagon in the false idol of, of Dagon with Philistines and they later on discovered that God wouldn't have his presence, wouldn't have anything to do with a false god. Knocked his head off, turned him over, removed his hands and say, yeah, there's your God. So there is, he makes the challenge. He's their champion. He's their champion called him champion and the word champion in the text there in Hebrew in reality it, 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 that word champion comes from what they said in Hebrew and the Hebrew word means a middle man and a man between two the idea is that this was a man who stood between the two armies and fought as a representative of his army in reality the thing or person that stood in the middle between God's people and their victory. This is where you're standing. You're with the people of God. And there's a champion out there called Goliath, and he may have other names, things in your lives that, that is challenging you about your strengths in God. But the truth is, is that in the, God says he may get in the middle, but I'll remove what's in the middle so you can go past and enter into your victory. God wants you to go to the other high ground called victory. God wants you to pass through the valley, go through Goliath, go up the hill, chase the army away, and rejoice in the victory that God's given us. Now, for 40 days, Goliath did that. 40 days. 40 days. 40 days. Over a month. On and on. Every day. 40 days. Days, that's a long time. That's a long time. You go and try and make a trip and get somewhere, and you got to sit somewhere for 40 days because something's in the way. You realize you start feeling defeated and start realizing, what am I doing here? What are we going to do? This guy's in the way. This enemy's in the way. We can't go any further. And the Lord's speaking to you this morning, say that there's a Goliath in your way. There's a something or a man that's sitting in the middle that's keeping you from moving on and going forward in God. And right now, the Holy Ghost is revealing it to you. Right now, he's speaking your mind, and you're seeing right now the things that should not be the Goliaths in your life. And God says, I'll remove that Goliath. I'll give you victory over that Goliath, and you're going to move on and move forward in him. Now, 40 days. Stepping out, insulting, taunting Israeli army, saying, choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me, and I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that I may fight together, that we might fight together. 
So Saul was a little nervous because he was the tallest one. But here come the pizza delivery guy. He shows up. He's got a different mindset. He's looking through a different set of eyes. He's seeing things in a different opinion and perspective. Let me tell you, children of God, this is the day that you and I make up our mind that we start setting ourselves and having a biblical world view. You won't have faith without it. And the devil's going to challenge you. And if you don't have a biblical worldview, you're in trouble. Your faith is in trouble. And there will be a Goliath that will stop you. And you'll be stuck and stalled for the rest of your life until you decide and know that the word of God is true. That God is real. That greater is he that is within me than he that is in, in the world. That you know Jesus Christ uh, is the author and finisher of our faith. And that you know that you stand for him and live for him. And that every page of this book is designed and ordained by God. Oh my, I don't want to get on it. I'm not going to get on it. I'm not going to get on it. The day you deconstruct the Bible, you are killing your faith. Because you're setting yourself up above the altar. You're setting yourself above my Lord. All the hosts of the children of God that have laid down their life for the scripture and for the faith of Jesus Christ uh, who are far more qualified and far more filled with faith than those of today who want to be modern and trendy and cool and suddenly deconstruct the word of God. How dare they? God, in other words, my understanding is better than your understanding, God. Oh, I just wanted to say that. Amen. Raise your hand and say, praise the Lord. Lord. I love you, Pastor, anyway. He says, here, Saul, David comes up and says, hey, Saul, I'm the man. I'll do it. I'll step up. Don't be afraid anymore, he said. Don't be afraid. No sense being afraid anymore, Saul. He knew it. He actually, he read Saul. He knew Saul wasn't doing anything about it, so he knew Saul was afraid like everybody else. Oh, my gosh, Lord, help me. There are free people afraid to preach the word of God today because socially it's not accepted. They're afraid, they're afraid on a hillside and there's a Goliath that's challenging the very tenets of our faith in Jesus Christ. And we're afraid to say something, afraid that we might upset Goliath. Oh, we don't want to upset Goliath. You know why? Because we don't have enough power to stop him. So therefore, we, we don't want to upset. But David, the pizza guy, he's bringing the blessings, showing up for a people's meal, asking questions. And then he says, and then I think it's great in Scripture that three times in that count in that chapter 17, the reward is mentioned. I mean, it just keeps on being mentioned. You know what the reward was. Portion of the kingdom. Mary, Michael, uh, Saul's daughter, which was a good looker. I mean, she had to be because I don't see how she could go into the equation there unless there was inheritance because of marrying into the family. But then also, for the rest of his life and his family's life, they'll never have to pay taxes. That, that's in Scripture. They don't have to pay taxes. So that, that's great. Well, three times that's mentioned by the people. And then tell David those things. You know what, David? Do you know what David did? How David dealt with Goliath? He dealt with Goliath with two things 
He believed in the cause and he had his eyes on the prize. He believed in the cause and he had his eyes on the prize. That's how you can be victorious over the Goliaths in your life. Have, amen, believe in the cause. Believe in the word of God. Believe in the name of the Lord and stand up for the name of the Lord. Believe in the cause and also believe in the prize. Amen. Heaven's a great prize, isn't it, huh? Oh, 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 we don't talk much about heaven because we want everything. We want heaven down here on earth. Well, it does happen, but I'm looking forward to going to heaven. I don't know if you are. And you, do you want to know what makes heaven even better? What, what makes heaven even better? Makes it even better? So when I make it into heaven, God's going to bless me. I'm going to see my children, my grandchildren, my ancestors following serving the Lord. Do you know what makes hell and make hell worse than what it is? Is because there'll be those who will see their children, their grandchildren, and family members along with them in hell. Oh, don't, don't say that word. That's a four-letter word. It's real, my friends. It's real. It's real. So that's how hell can even be worse, what it is. And so the reward's even greater because you get to share it. I got to try and close. David tells Saul, he said, his events, his story, probably showed him the staff. said, you know, God, God used me in this with the bear and the lion. The anointing was there, and I'm surely the same God can handle this Goliath. Maybe that's where our faith needs to be. Has God ever done anything for you? Yes. Raise your hand. If God's ever done, answer your prayer. Never. Well, let me tell you, like the old Southern Gospel song, he'll do it again. He'll do it again. Yes, he will. He'll do it again. I think that's in the chorus. He'll do it again. So here it is. I'm going to try and close in just a moment. He said, Saul, you don't have to be afraid. I'll go before Goliath. And Saul looked at him and said, you can't go against him. He said, well, let me tell you my testimony. I, through God's help, I handled the lion. Through God's help, I handled the bear. I got a hold of those suckers, and I slugged them, and they were gone. God gave me the victory, and I know God gave me victory now. You believe God gives you victory now? You believe he's done it before, he'll do it again? That's, that's the resource drawing from the resource of your experiences, the staff. Then the Bible says that Saul said, you can't do it. Listen, if you're going to, okay, you go ahead. But here, take my armor. He put his helmet on him and his mail uh, uh, armor, his, his coat of mail, and gave his sword and tried to put that sword on. And then he began to try to walk and couldn't walk. He couldn't walk. It just, he, he said it didn't try, it tested, but really what it was, it didn't belong on him. It just didn't belong on him. Because Saul wants to put his armor on David. David puts it on and unstable to walk and unable to walk. It's because of this. Sanctified can't walk with unsanctified armor and an un, from an unsanctified man. You got to be your sanctified self. 
you got to be who you are, who God has called you, and who he's made you into. He's given you the tools. He's given you the gifts. He's given you the experiences and the testimony. You just be who your little old self is, and God will cause you to stand against a giant, and the giant will come down. Why? Because David had another armor. It's called armor of righteousness. David stood for the Lord. He knew God was going to fight his battle, and there's no way he could wear Saul's armor so I'm telling you this morning if you're relying on your education to be your support system totally if you're relying on the ideas of the world and our culture to cover you and make you think you empowered if you're relying on anything else that's not been sanctified by God you need to get that armor off because it's unsanctified and you need to put your trust and faith in the word of God David said, he said, I don't need your armor. He said, no, I walk in my, my own identity and my own God-given abilities. I'm a shepherd. I've got my staff, my stick. He stops at the brook, and the Bible says that he has a staff in his hand. He gets down, and he starts drawing out the rocks. And they were smooth rocks, not hard, coarse rocks, but smooth rocks. If there ever was an analogy or a symbolism of that, it was rocks that been, had went through experience. These were experienced rocks with a purpose. It was stones, stones with experience behind them, the, the years and time of the water rushing over it, and they're rounded up, and, and they're, they're there. Five stones by five. I know some preachers, that if they have license to say, well, it's for the four brothers of Saul, other brothers, not of Goliath, then it's for them. That's why he picked five stones. I happen to think otherwise. I think maybe he picked five stones because he's used a sling before, and usually he hit the target within five shots. But you see, you got to see this too. He goes, and now my shepherd's bag is a Walmart bag. Some of you can relate. Uh, but here, let's do this a little bit. I want to be polite with this plexiglass. I'm going to be very careful that I not drop it on my foot. Well, that's good enough. One. Two. Hey, listen, I got big rocks. I ain't getting those little old rocks. That's a big giant out there. That's silly, I mean, that's... Then, here's another rock. Three, four, five. Now, he's looking at these rocks. He's picking them. I don't know what happened. I don't know if God, the Holy Spirit, directed him on these stones. But you know what? I heard people say, well, David, when he fought against Goliath, when he hurled that stone, that that stone had Goliath's name on it, man, and plastered him real good, knocked him down, went between, you know, his forehead and killed him. But I want you to know that that stone that killed Goliath didn't have Goliath's name on it. No, no. David, he picked up some stones, and he probably picked up this one as prayer for life. He says, this is... Uh, Jehovah Bora, 
God creator. He picked up the second one, looked at it, and held it, and maybe he said, he said, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord our provider. Then he picked up the third rock, and Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there. The Lord is present. He's present, Jehovah Shammah. Oh, and then he, he, he thought, well, let's get the fourth one. The fourth one may have been, he thought, Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is my banner. I want, I want the banner of God with me. <laughs> but then there's the fifth one. He names them all. He puts them in his sack. He stands before Goliath, declaring to the Goliath. The Goliath, when he approached him, Goliath saw his staff and he said, Am I a dog that you would come after me with, with a stick? <laughs> but David did have a stick. He had his rod. He had his past, his testimony. What God had done for him and who he was, he didn't lose his identity. God just used his identity. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I got to be a superstar before I can ever make a difference in this world. No, you just be who you are and let God use who you are and the world will know that you're a child of God and God gets the glory. So he puts them all in his bag. He comes before Goliath. The Bible says Goliath rails accusations against him. And the Bible says that David began to charge Goliath. You know, he didn't wait for Goliath to come to me. Maybe he'll, maybe he'll come after me, he'll trip and fall, and then I'll get him. No, he charged after Goliath. He put the stone. He had the stones in the sack. Now, they were round because it made good sense because aerodynamically, that's a smart thing to get a, a smooth stone. Then also... Being able to grab it out of the bag's a lot easier when there's no struggle at all, just a smooth stone, and he grabbed it. And there in his sack, he had all the Jehovah Jireh rock, Jehovah Shammah, Jehovah Bore, Jehovah Jireh, all the stones, uh, Jehovah stones in there, uh, and Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is present. But then he reached in his sack and he grabbed that fifth one. When he did, you know what that one was? El Shaddai. You know what that means? God Almighty. God Almighty that will bring down the Goliaths in your life. God Almighty who will fight the battles for you if you put him in the forefront. God Almighty if you allow him to use you who you are and you decide today now on and from now on I'm not going to be stalled. I'm not going to be hindered. Goliath's not going to be in my way. This thing I've been facing for 40 days or 40 years is going to go down because I'm bringing before this giant uh, El Shaddai, God Almighty. It'll come down. You try and throw the Goliath rock, you'll miss your target. But you stand before that enemy, says in the name of the Lord, my children are going to serve God. In the name of the Lord, my children I'm going to serve the Lord. For in the name of the Lord, my house is going to be sanctified. In the name of the Lord, I'm not going to be afraid, but I'm going to be bold like a lion. In the name of the Lord, the Bible says that when Goliath fell, you know, David told me, he said, I'm going to cut your head off. Well, he didn't even have a sword. But he knew, I want to use Goliath's sword. 
It's quite impressive. I want to use Goliath's sword. He wills around, thinks he's hot shot. And he turns, your head's coming off your shoulders. You're coming down and your head's coming off, meaning total victory. And when he went and cut the head off of Goliath, the Bible said that all of a sudden the armies that were behind David, they started, they gave a shout and they started running after the enemy and chasing them far away to Philistines. They ran in fear because the children of God, the army of the Lord, was suddenly mobilized by a pizza boy that took care of sheep that happened to believe in the word of God and in the name of the Lord, revival came, power came, victory came, not only for David, but for everybody else who was behind him. You can't have victory without a shout. Some of you are trying to be silent. Silent. Oh, that really intimidates your enemy. I'm going to come over to you, devil, and I'm going to give you a look. Yeah, my mean eyes. I'm coming to you, devil, and I'm going to cry. And then you're going to feel sorry for me. And you'll leave me alone. No. You go before him with your hands lifted up, giving a shout. The Lord has given me my victory. Greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world. The name of the Lord goes forth, and I follow after that victorious name of God. Hallelujah. Hello, you stand with me. I'm not worried about our country. I'm not worried about our world. I'm not really worried about it. Because God will raise up Davids. God will send forth pizza guys, pizza delivery guys, who knows the word of God, who knows who they are, and will stand up for the name of Jesus Christ no matter what. God has his remnant. God has his people. He knows who they are. And what's even more deadlier to the devil is that those people know who they are in God. And David knew who he was in God. The same God got him through the lion and the bear. Now, the word's out. David, the giant slayer. David, the giant slayer. Because of his faith, his testimony. And realizing nothing's going to stop me from moving forward. I think I was thinking I was going to do it. I was going to put some things in that bag besides the rocks. I was going to put a cell phone in it. I was going to put a tuna fish sandwich. No, things in the shepherd's bag. His lunch. None of those things. My wallet. None of those things are going to defeat the devil. But the name of the Lord is. The name of the Lord will. El Shaddai. Almighty God. Not not sometimes mighty, not partial mighty, not only at moments he's mighty, but almighty God. Almighty means nothing gives him trouble. Nothing will ever give him trouble. Maybe you've got stuff going on in your personal life, in your marriage, your home. Even within you, 